Blossom Your Awesome Podcast, episode number 61. Today on the show, Martin Pig is here with us. Martin is an author, speaker, and coach who helps people use their greatest passion to find and live their purpose. His last name, P-I-G-G, is his very own acronym for Passion, Intention, Gratitude, and grace. I cannot wait to get into this with Martin. I am so honored and delighted to have him here sharing his wisdom, insights, and light. Martin, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sue. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. Oh, I am so excited to have you here. So I want to get into this with you. Let's start with your background. Okay, boy, I, let, let, I'm going to try to make it short if I can, but uh, right now, just fast forward to today, I am, I am a, a coach, a published author, and a, a keynote speaker. I've been doing that for about 15 years, and my emphasis has been on helping people finally live their purpose in life. And so just to give you a little bit of background on that, if I can... Um, I have been, I'm 58, I've been connected to purpose for about 50 years, and I had the unusual experience as a child of having two parents, each of them knew what their purpose was in life, and one of them, my mom, pursued her purpose, lived an incredible life, was surrounded by tons of friends who loved her, and literally died doing what she loved to do. And then my father in his early twenties gave up on his purpose and lived a very solitary life, ended up, uh, my mom divorced him. He became bitter and angry and, and wound up living the rest of his life alone. And I saw him over the course of his professional life, go from job to job, doing things he didn't like uh, just to pay the bills. And I saw the the way these two people that I loved the most, how their lives unfolded over the course of about 30 years, and that had a real profound um, influence on me as, as to what I needed to do with my life is to, you know, find whatever made me unique and use that to create a life that made me happy. And so that's been my goal over a lot of years. I've basically uh, graduated with a degree in, in kinesiology, uh, from Sam Houston State University or physical education. And uh, believe it or not, my first job out of, out of uh, college was as a prison guard. And mm-hmm. I spent four years in, in doing that, uh, wound, up in the, wound up in the middle of a prison riot. Uh, it took in too much tear gas and decided there had to be a better way to make a living. Mm. Um, ended up, uh, as crazy as it sounds, Deciding I wanted to become an international businessman, I, I decided to uh, sell oil field equipment in Russia. So I went to Russia. I went from the uh, Texas penitentiaries to, to Moscow and uh, started a business selling pipeline equipment there. Um, then from that, I went into Africa and some of the other places in the world and, and tried different things, all in an effort to figure out why I was on this planet. And so what ended up happening for me, and this is going to, if this will get to kind of like where I am with regard to what I do today is 
in that search, that desperate search for my purpose on three continents, I, I learned a lot, but I, I came home really frustrated uh, with not figuring out why I was on this, per on this planet. And on a lark, decided that I would like to try to fly an airplane. And I know this sounds crazy, but it's, it's, it gets into kind of the pig principle and Martin Pig and all the purpose stuff that I talk about. I'm writing a book right now called The Pig Principle. But anyway, so I found a passion for flying airplanes. And what I discovered was, and, and here I am probably in my mid to late 40s. And so for anybody out there who's like, you know, gosh, I'm in my 40s or my 50s or my 60s or my 70s, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do, hang in there because it gets better. I promise you that. But so I found my, I found a just a passion, what I call it, the greatest passion I could have in the cockpit of an airplane. And why that's important is that I believe when you discover your greatest passion in life, the pig principle, pig principle says, when you pursue your passion with intention and gratitude, your passion will either become your purpose or lead you to your purpose. And when you live with grace, you help other people find and live their purpose. And, and why that airplane was so important to me is that airplane and that passion and the intentional pursuit of that passion is what led me to do what I do now, which is on a daily basis, live my purpose, writing, coaching, and speaking about finding your purpose in life. So from that airplane, from that greatest passion, I discovered that there were four energies that were crucial to helping people find and live their purpose in life. And it's passion, intention, gratitude, and grace. And what I love about the principle and those energies is that they work together in a way that when you, when you just focus on those four energies, they really will help you either take a passion that you love and use that passion to become your purpose or lead you to your purpose. The airplane led me to my purpose. Flying built up my confidence over years. I got better. I earned other pipes licenses. I, my, my confidence, my courage soared. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking to myself, man, I've accomplished this. What else can I do? And so it was that aha moment from the pursuit of that greatest passion that caused me to do the reflection and understand that I could do what I do now, which is the speaking and the writing and coaching on a bigger business on a bigger basis and really serve the world in a greater way. And so um, I'm, and that's a long-winded background, Sue, but it's kind of like what I'd love to get into you with you today and, and just to discuss uh, the, the pig principle and how these four energies can help anybody at any age, regardless of their circumstances, whatever they're going through, what a pain they've been through, those four energies can help them find and live their purpose at any point. Mm, I absolutely love that. I love this story. And, you know, I think it's so amazing, Martin, uh, 
while it's there's this juxtaposition with your parents, right? It's sad for your dad that he wasn't able to live that, but for you to see that at such a young age and clearly get like, okay, here's this one person who's living passionately and loving life. And then this other person who's kind of struggling, but how that just kind of guided you to live a life of passion. It's just so amazing um, that you were able to see that at such a young age. Well, it's just one of those things that, you know, so many people, Sue, are unhappy. They feel unfulfilled in their lives. And it's, you know, and I know you've probably, if you've done any kind of personal development work, you know, I'm big on, I, I spend probably two hours every day reading and working on my own self and my own self development. But you're probably familiar with um, the top five regrets of the dying. Uh, Bronnie Ware's book. Uh, do you know that book? Um, you know, I don't know that book. Okay, so Bronnie Ware was a was a hospice worker who um, who did intake interviews on her dying patients, and she she uh, wrote a book about these interviews that she did with her patients and the 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 biggest regrets they had in life and the number one regret of all of these people in their last days and weeks of life was invariably some version of i wish i had lived a life true to myself and not the life others expected me to live mm. and so you know i saw my mom live a life that she really was passionate about and wanted to live. And I saw my dad who just was going through the motions, paying the bills, showing up at work, not particularly happy. And I saw how his life unfolded. And so, you know, for me, I've always been somebody who has been very um, aware of the fact that all of us have unique gifts and talents and all of us have a reason for being here. I know a lot of times when um, when I start a, uh, a speech, if I do a speech for an organization or a group, I will I will, I will say to them, um, you are not the result of a random act of fertilization. You are here for a reason. You have a purpose. You didn't just show up here with, with no reason to be here. You have unique gifts and talents that we need to see. We need to see what you can do with what makes you unique, what makes you special, because every one of us is special. And so the thing about it is we have, and it's cliche, I understand it. We only have a certain amount of time on this planet. And we have no business taking our, our gifts and our purpose to the grave with us. We need to get it out. We need to put it out into the world. You know, Sue, with, with, with COVID, with all the suffering, with all the pain, with all of the people who've gone through such hard times, you know, there's never been a better time than to put your stuff out there, help people, use what makes you unique to make you happy and serve the world. And so when I talk about the pig principle, and I'll just get right to that right quick, passion, intention, gratitude, and grace. Now, let me break those down for you as a, in the pursuit of a purpose. Passion is finding the one thing 
that inspires you above all other things. Intention is the energy of what you do and who you connect to. Gratitude is gratitude for the journey and your blessings along the way. And then grace is moving through the world with love for yourself and others, humility equal to your blessings, and generosity in the offering of your time, talents, and network to help other people find and live their purpose. So when you look at those four energies, what I say is passion, intention, and gratitude are about you. Passion, intention, gratitude give you wings. Grace gives you lift. Mm. So my company is when pigs fly and sure there's a nod to the aviation and how important that is for me. But what I tell people is when your passion, intention, gratitude, and grace soar, anything is possible for you. And so when I talk to people, you know, it's funny because I've talked to people in the past who were a little bit skeptical. Maybe they didn't know if they had a purpose or if they had one, you know, it's like, I, I laugh because, you know, they, I don't know about this pig principle thing. I don't know if that really could work for me. And I said, well, let me ask you this. Say I'm completely wrong, Sue. Say passion, intention, gratitude, and grace won't get you a purpose. I know it will, but say it won't. Could you really honestly tell me that if your life was filled with more passion, more intention, more gratitude and grace, your life wouldn't be substantially better? I mean... So it's like, it's, it's a no-lose situation. And, and Sue, what I tell people is, if you got a job, if you're working at a job that you particularly don't care about, it's not fulfilling, it doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't, it, it's not meaningful to you. And you want to do something bigger. You want to do something better. You know, I'm 48. I got two kids. I, you know, I got a mortgage to pay and whatever, or, or I'm 58 or whatever. The thing about it is, if you use the big principle and you just pursue the passion with intention and gratitude, and you live with grace. You can do that while you're working. You don't have to quit. You don't have to quit your job to pursue your passion and find your purpose. You can do both. So there's really no reason in my mind not to give the pig principle a try and just, just and if you don't know what that passion is, do a lot of things, figure it out. Just have fun trying to figure out what is it that I'd love to do with my most productive and creative time. And then find it and pursue it and then see how your life unfolds. Mm, wow. I love that. And you know what I have to say, Martin, like you are, you embody what you teach. I can hear and feel and sense the passion. So that's just so amazing. There's so many people out there who kind of, oh, I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to teach this. I'm going to do that. But it's more of a means to an end versus really just, I mean, you are passionate about this message and I just honor you for that. And I think that's so awesome. Um, now, you know, another thing I love is what, this idea of regardless of age, because I think as we age, we, oh, you know, people have a way of talking themselves out of things. I'm too old for that. They'll never hire me. It's too late in life. I'll never succeed. I didn't start soon enough. Talk to us more about this idea of regardless of age. 
Okay, it's absolutely easy for me, Sue. And I will tell you this, and because I'm 58, and I am a competitive bodybuilder. I have my next competition, August the 13th. I'm dieting and training right now for a show. So I don't buy age as a limiting factor for anything. I know if you were to go to my Instagram, I post pictures and stuff like that of me training and things like that. And I use that only I use the bodybuilding thing as an analogy because I'll be in the gym and I don't see a lot of people in their 40s, 50s and 60s who are, you know, really working and training that hard. Maybe some of them have given up. Maybe some of them don't think it's possible for them. I run into people who um, in the gym who, who look her in their 50s and 60s and they're, they look good and they're like, yeah, I just don't have it anymore. I'm like, look at you. This is this is look at the words you're using. Don't use limiting words. Don't say, well, I'm, I'm too old or what have you. That's, that's just not how it works. And the thing I love about, actually love about being somebody who's, you know, 58 and doing what I do is to be really honest with you. The pig principle has been the savior for me from about 50 to 58 because I I went through the I, I mentioned my parents um, I went through the traumatic deaths of both of my parents um, 2014 uh, my dad was starved to death in a hospital in Texas mm. uh, 2016 my mom who was my best friend died in my arms from a pulmonary embolism with no chance to say goodbye to her or tell her I loved her one last time. I went through two years of grief. I went through two years of just intense suffering. And basically when my mom died, my world collapsed. And so I had to go through all that grieving and all that healing. And then I ended up in a, in a marriage that ended up in, to be a toxic marriage to somebody who was absolutely the wrong person for me but what what i what i mentioned to you about that is you know i'm i'm 50 going from 50 to 56 57 going through all of this stuff suffering and and being frustrated and and not not knowing when i was going to pull out of it but it was having that sense of a purpose mm-hmm. it was knowing that i had a bigger mission to fulfill that pulled me through all of that stuff and got me to the point on the other side where I'm 58 and I'm living my purpose every day and I've healed from everything. But it was that sense of having a purpose that pulled me through all of that stuff. And so, you know, I was 50 and I went through seven or eight years of this stuff. And and my my message to anybody who's, you know, feels like, well, it's too late for me or, you know, I've gone through so many hard things and, you know, it, it's... I just don't think I can do it. If you're in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, you're in the best position to do it because you've learned the lessons. You've been through the hard stuff. You know, I tell people you succeed not in spite of what you've been through, but because of what you've been through. And so my thing is, if you're if you're if you're getting to the point in your life where you're like, you know, I'm I don't know, I'm getting to this age. I just no. That's just when it gets good. Just hang in there and just 
start to open your mind to whatever it is that you possibly could do that would excite you, that would bring you joy, that you could be passionate about, and then be intentional about that. And, and, and get obsessed with it if you can. And, and just see where that intentional pursuit of that greatest passion takes you. Age is not a limiting factor. The circumstances you've been through are not a limiting factor. Whatever pain you've been through is not a limiting factor. In fact, when you get to a certain point in your life and you've been through the 20s and the 30s and you've been through all that chaos and all the stuff that goes on with, with you know, evolving and you get to that point, you're at the perfect place, actually, to use everything that you've learned from, all that resiliency, all that courage, all that all that stick-to-itiveness that you've had to get to this point, take that, take everything that you've learned, all the lessons, apply it to your life right now. Find something you love, something that moves your soul, and then go after that with all of your heart and see where you end up. Mm, I love that. That is such great advice. Uh, now tell me, Martin, for those who are stuck and struggling, people I find sometimes, you know, people get into this rut and it's so hard to break out of that. So that mindset shift, how do we shift that? How do we change that woe is me mindset to yes, it is possible. And yes, let me get passionate about something. Is there some uh, applicable tools, guidance, some advice you can offer to that person who just feels uninspired and like it's not possible? I think that for me, what I would say is there are a couple of things there. I think, I think what we need to do, Sue, is, and this is my personal experience and from the circle of people I'm in, when, when we feel at our worst, when we feel bad, that's when we need to invest time in ourselves, in our understanding, in our growth, and you know, in, in exploring why it is that we feel that way. I mean, you know, the thing about it is, um, Blaise Pascal said, all of men's miseries derive from not being able to sit in a quiet room alone. And what that means to me is that it can be very scary to sit alone with your thoughts in a quiet room. But for me, at the times where I've experienced really my most painful and challenging times and you know look I've had I've had a lot of situations that were were really hard but I would go off and be by myself and I would just ask myself you know questions about what was going on what I felt about it that kind of thing but I took to be honest with you one of the things that's really Sue has really helped me is that 
the universe and, you know, I've done law of attraction stuff and the universe and God, I don't know, whatever, you know, Eckhart Tolle calls it being, um, you can call it God, you could call it God, universe, whatever you want to call it, energy. But at the end of the day, what has helped me throughout my life is that when I'm at my lowest moments, I can go to bed. And before I go to sleep, I can close my eyes and I can pray or meditate on something and I can ask God or the universe to guide me, to show me what it is that I need to understand, to put me in a position I need to be put into to handle whatever I need to handle. And I will tell you that 100% of the time at some point, it's usually going to be like in the middle of a night, some night, like 2.30 in the morning, 3.30 in the morning, whatever. I will get the answers that I need if I'm listening, if I'm really listening and in tune. So if somebody's out there is hurting, struggling, in pain, just wondering if it's all worthwhile, if it's, you know, what if they're, if they're just feel like they're at the end of their rope, what I can say to you is that there is an energy in the world that hears your cries, hears your suffering, hears your pain, and wants to heal you and wants to help. And I will tell you that I use, I have my own affirmation that I use every morning. And it's something that I've put together, and it's about, ah, it's probably about a minute, minute and a half long. But the first, the first words of that affirmation are, I come from the energy that forms mountains and oceans, created the moon and stars, and beats my heart in every heart on this planet. All things are possible for me. And it's this idea that we are these beings that come from the energy that formed the world. And there literally is nothing we can't do. We have that same creative energy that created us. It's in us. It's in every one of us. So what I would ask is, if somebody out there is suffering, if you're hurting, do what you can to just hold on to any glimmer of hope, any glimmer of faith that you can. Put a message out there into the world Share that sadness with the universe, with God, if you want to use the word God, what have you, but put it out there and then listen. Listen intuitively and you will get the answer you need. And understand this, Sue. You come from the energy that created the world. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can't do. Mm. I love that. That is so beautiful and so powerful and so inspiring. Martin, tell me, you know, I get this sense of real deep kind of a calm and an inner knowing with you. So is that, would you call that 
are you spiritual or would you call yourself spiritual? What is that? Well, I would tell you that my mom's purpose in life, uh, when I was eight years old, uh, God called her to the ministry. And she was appointed to serve her first church as a pastor in 1972 at a, at a time when women were not welcome in the church as pastors. Mm. And I watched this woman be um, subjected to a lot of sexist comments by male ministers and by congregation, congregation members of both sexes. And I asked her one time, I said, why do you continue to be a pastor? And this is when I was like a kid. And I said, why do you continue to be a pastor when everybody's so mean to you? And she said to me, because my calling from God is stronger than anything anybody could ever say to me. Mm. And I will never forget, I was eight years old when she said that. And so from that point, I've always had a, I've always had this intuitive knowing, knowing and this connection with this energy. And, you know, I was, I was, a, I was a person who went to church most of my adult life, I would tell you that it's really more morphed into like more of a spiritual journey now than it, it's a religious journey. Um, but I, I just feel that we are all connected to this energy that loves us and wants us to do well and wants to see us use our gifts. And so, yeah, there, there's a, there's a calmness and, and, you know, just, it's, it's just something that I'm sure of in my life, and I'm sure of it for everybody out there. We just need to be able to be open. Uh, Wayne Dyer says, have a mind that's open to everything and, and attached to nothing. We just need to be open to the idea that we're not here, we're not here randomly, that this energy that ushered us into the world wants us to be successful, wants us to be happy. We just need to be aware of when it is speaking to us. And then when we, when we, we hear what, what we need to hear, then we take action on it. Mm. I love that. Now, you know, as far as the spiritual practice or just kind of staying grounded what is there something you do for that do you get into nature are you meditating um what does that entail for you well i have um i i have an hour and i, I robin sharma calls it the holy hour and i call it the holy hour too but it's really uh every morning i get up um early um usually around 4 30 or so i'll spend about an hour every day and what that involves is um I tell everybody to journal. I'm a huge journaler. So I, I journal. I mean, I journal. I uh, do affirmations. I meditate briefly, five minutes, maybe not long. I'll do some visualization, but I'll do some personal development reading and stuff like that. So I always have, I always have an hour every day before I get off onto the craziness of the world and get distracted. Uh, I have an hour every day that I spend just being connected to the universe, uh, being connected with my heart and, and setting the course for a good day. You know, so many of us who, you know, we jump out of bed, we grab our phone, we look at social media, we turn on the television, we, you know, and by the time we get to that, we've lost our day. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very, um, 
I'm very particular about making sure I don't lose my day. I don't like, for example, I do not, I will not look at social media uh, for that hour. I don't, I don't look at it. I'm not interested in it. I want to be with myself in that time. And you don't have to start out with an hour. So, you know, you could, if you're, if you're just normally getting up and just, you know, hopping in the shower, do get up 15 minutes earlier, you know, start a gratitude practice. That's one of the things I do in my morning, my, my, my holy hour. I do a gratitude practice. I, I, I sit and I think about what are the things that I'm grateful for? And like when I go to bed at night, every, every night when I go to bed, what are three things that I'm grateful for? What are three wins that I had for the day? Like I always end up with a positive thing. And what are three things I'm going to be grateful for tomorrow? I'm looking forward in my day. So I, I try to begin my day and end my day with positive energy uh, so that that helps ground me and, and, and keep me on the right track. Mm, I love that. That is so awesome. Now, you know, the, something I was reading about you, one of your philosophies, this idea of winning the war with yourself. Right. And so many of us are caught up in an internal battle, right? Right, right. So h- how, do we, how do we start to win that war with ourselves? Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you, actually, I wrote a book on this called Winning the War with Yourself. And what I, and I'm, so I'll just give you kind of like a, a few tidbits from that. And so it's this idea that both, all of us have inside of us two selves. We have what I call the authentic self and we have the insidious self. And so the difference is the authentic self is tethered to your soul and cries out to you to do work that matters, to live a life that matters. And the insidious self is basically the untethered fusion of your fears, criticisms, disappointments, and judgments with the fears, criticisms, disappointments, and judgments of your family, your friends, and society. So these two, these two selves, the authentic self and the insidious self, battle each other for the right to determine the course of your life. And so with the insidious self has uh, an, arsenal of wep- or an arsenal of weapons that it has its disposal ready to deploy anytime you, you want to, to change your life, anytime you want to step out of your comfort zone. And those, those um, weapons that are trying to hold you back are things like judgment and fear and doubt and shame and guilt. But on the other side, your authentic self has, has an array of powers to counteract, to counteract the insidious self. And, and those are powers such as faith, hope, love, um, joy. You know, those, those are the powers. So when you look at the insidious self versus the authentic self and the powers versus the weapons, my, when I work with coaching clients and, and people like that, and we talk about this war, this battle between the two selves for the right to determine the course of your life, I always work with people on how to strengthen their powers, you know, with, with more love and more hope and more joy, and more kindness, while um, uh, trying to move away from some of the things like shame and guilt and, and those kind of things. So, I, you know, I can go into that with with a client or with a group I'm speaking to, and I can take individual powers like love, hope, and joy, and, and individual weapons like 
guilt and shame. And I can go into those, into each one of those, and I can tell you why the, the weapon, the, the, the insidious weapons, I can, I can diffuse those for people and I can uplift them on their, their authentic powers. But it's basically this, this battle between the insidious self and the authentic self. And how do we strengthen the authentic self to win the war over the insidious self? Mm. Wow. And now tell us, Martin, what is, you know, as far as passion goes for somebody who is feeling like they just don't know what they're passionate about or what their purpose is. I hear that so much. People cannot figure out what their purpose is. They believe that they have a purpose or life gives us all purpose and meaning, but they can't figure it out. I would say, you know, Sue, the thing about a purpose is it can, it can feel pretty daunting to believe that you have, there's just something you're supposed to do with your life, but you just don't know what it is. And that, that can feel like a daunting proposition. And I understand it. And that's why I, I bring the pig principle into it to make it fun. And that's why I say, you know, with, you know, when you pursue your passion with intention and gratitude. Okay, so here's the thing. When you, when you look at a purpose, first of all, stop thinking about the purpose. Focus on a passion. Okay, I don't know what my passion is. So that's where it gets fun. Like I said, open, Wayne Dyer says, have a mind that's open to everything and attached to nothing. So, you know, open your mind. Make a list. What are some things you'd like to try? If you don't know, try something. Because, you know, that's the key. Okay, maybe I, you know, this sounds like fun. Let me try this. Or this sounds something that, that would move my soul. Let me give this a shot. If you just sit and think about, focus on something that you really, really love. That's the thing about the principle. Don't focus so much on the purpose. Focus on a passion that you can get obsessed about and then let that guide you to your purpose. That's the whole point. Just if you, if you feel like you have a purpose and you don't know what it is, put the purpose aside right now. Go after a passion. Find something that moves you. And yeah, I don't know what it is. What am I supposed to do? Well, that's the fun part. That's the fun part. Open your mind. You, you know, make a list. Sit there and think about it. Be aware. The, the universe will show you things that you can be interested in if you're aware of it. My thing is, don't get, if you want to find your purpose, you don't have to get bogged down in figuring out what it is now. Find something that moves your soul and then do more of that. Hmm. I love that. Now, um, Martin, I am going to say in closing, first of all, you have been so awesome and so passionate and inspiring. And I just thank you so much for your time today. It really means so much to me. You've been wonderful. Sue, I'm honored to be here with you. And, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to serve your audience. It's been a pleasure. Oh, and now before I let you go, so a couple of things. One, I'm going to have links to all of your stuff for people. So I'll be sure to have a link to your site and all of that and your social media stuff. In closing, before I let you go, if there is one message, your hope for the world, some words of wisdom, what would you like to leave us with? 
Never allow the voices of mediocrity to silence the whispers of your own soul. Mm. Ah, I love it. Martin, thank you so much. You've been so awesome. Thank you, Sue. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.